The folklore in Kid Cryptid wouldn't exist if it weren't for the rich history and vibrant cultures these stories come from. While we do our best to provide accurate information, we recognize that we are, at best, amateurs here. This podcast is best considered for entertainment purposes only, and it comes from a place of love and respect for the peoples behind the lore. Now, on with the show. I'm Elias. I'm Sean. And you are listening to Kid Cryptid, the podcast where imaginations soar while talking about some supersized avian terrors that also happen to be cryptids. How's it going, Elias? Good. So did the intro give you any ideas about what cryptid we're going to talk about this time around? Um, I feel like I heard Aaron there. So by air, I think you're talking up in the sky, cryptids. All right, so off to a good guess. Let's turn the clock back to July 25th, 1977. Jeez, that, that's long. In Lawndale, Illinois, Ruth Lowe was in her kitchen cleaning up from dinner. It was around 8 p.m. and her kids were still outside, taking advantage of the long summer evening. All in all, there was nothing out of the ordinary. At least not until she heard a scream from the yard. Recognizing the sound is more than just the kids roughhousing, Ruth rushed outside to see her 10-year-old son, Marlin, being chased by two giant birds. They flew wingtip to wingtip with deadly focus on their target. Ruth charged after them, but not before one of them managed to dig its claws into Marlin's shirt and lifting the boy off the ground. Fortunately, his struggling made flight incredibly difficult, and he was able to slow the thing down enough for Ruth to arrive and attack it. It eventually let him go and took off. Shock set in as Ruth realized that the bird had carried her 55-pound son over 35 feet. Jeez. Okay. That bird must be really, really strong. I mean, not even a pterodactyl can lift that. No, how big were pterodactyls? Um, they weren't actually that big because they're they were actually very skinny, but their wings were very big. Okay. But they would lift fish, not that big though. Jeez, that would take like about I don't know, like two pterodactyls probably. Well, there were two birds. But no, one picked them him up. That's true. Now, when she went to the police with her story, she was laughed at and outright disbelieved. As the paper ran the story, people in town took to ridiculing the family. At school, Marlin became known as Bird Boy, and people would throw dead birds into the family's yard. That is mean. That is way mean. Which part? Throwing birds into the yard, making names. I feel like the teacher should go like, Hey, everybody stop or else I'm going to give you all detention. Giant bird sightings are nothing new in Illinois. In fact, there had been a string of sightings only about 30 years prior in April of 1948 in Alton, Illinois. An army colonel was the first to spot one, stating, I thought there was something wrong with my eyesight, but it was most definitely a bird and not a glider or a jet plane. And from the movements of the object and its size, I figured it had to be a bird of tremendous size. 
Later in that same month, witnesses, including flight instructors, reported seeing birds in the area the size of small airplanes. But just as fast as they appeared, they vanished. No other reports of giant birds were recorded until that day in 1977. Jeez. So, basically, the birds... Maybe the birds move... Maybe the birds moved to a new population? So they moved somewhere else, you're saying? Maybe. The thing about this story is that it starts way before the 1940s, though. There's evidence that the Native Americans had been telling stories of giant birds in Illinois hundreds, if not thousands of years earlier. The Cahokia people, whose civilization disappeared sometime in the 13th century, left behind paintings of various beasts and creatures. One of the most well-known was painted on a cliff along the Mississippi River, depicting a large, serpent-like bird. In their belief system, they referred to these creatures as Thunderbirds. Any idea why they would have that name? Um, maybe because, like, the serpent-like creature would probably zigzag like a thunderbolt? That's not a bad guess. Actually, the current thought is because of their great size, when they would flap their wings, it would sound like thunder. Oh, they were that big? Seriously? Those are some pretty big wings, right? It's almost like hearing a hummingbird, except bigger. If If a hummingbird had, like... Like humongous wings. Right. In some versions, they were also capable of shooting bolts of lightning from their eyes. Oh, jeez. That's like Superman, except lightning. Interestingly, these birds were viewed both as good and bad, sometimes helping the tribe and sometimes attacking it. So wait, how helping? I didn't quite find as much stuff about the helping as I did the attacking. I I think maybe the helping came more from just leaving them alone. That's, that's Well, okay, I take that back. Some of the tribal traditions kind of viewed the Thunderbirds as the main spirit of life and otherwise kind of a big powerful god in, in charge of all living things. So almost like Zeus, like except Zeus is not in charge of all living things. So basically, it's like a god because it has um, thunder. I compared Zeus to that because he does live with lightning and thunder stuff. Sure. Know? No, that's fair. I do have a legend for you, though. Uh, just one of many. Okay. So a hunter was out on the plains in search of food. Not having much luck, he came upon a terrific sight. In the middle of the prairie was a whale. Sleeping next to it was a thunderbird. Obviously tired from carrying such a heavy load, the bird had stopped to rest. The hunter gathered up his courage, snuck up to the Thunderbird, and plucked one of its wing feathers. Quietly and as quickly as he could, he returned to the village to show people proof of his encounter. Not content to stop there, he also told everyone about the whale he had seen, and that if they hurried, they could go and take the meat for themselves. Many people agreed with this plan and joined him in returning to the site where the birds slept. In their greed, they managed to cut up the entire whale and take it back to the village. Okay. I think I know why the Thunderbolt, the Thunderbird could possibly, like, attack people, because, um... Well, yeah, they stole his food. 
and they and then like they would be like, "You stole my food." I and did I'm all trying, the work. What? I did the, all that work for this whale, and now you stole my food. I am going to steal it back, or maybe I'm going to just like attack at all of you. Well, let's see what happened. All right. When the storm... Oh. It wasn't long before the sky went dark and a great storm swept across the plains. Rain turned to hail, and the hail grew to the size of a man's fist. Oh, geez, that, that's not as big as a baseball, but... Oof. That's easily as big as a baseball. Anyone who couldn't find shelter was struck and killed by the pummeling ice. The Thunderbird was awake, and it was very, very angry. I can see that how he was very angry, because maybe he had a big family that needed food, and he went and he saw a whale, and he was like, oh, geez, that's humongous. I could give millions of people this food. When the storm finally passed, the Thunderbird turned all of the people and the stolen meat into stone forming a long rock ridge. It's said that the ridge still exists, and that if you look closely, you can make out the shape of the head and the ribs of the stolen whale. So why did he turn the meat into rock? I mean, he could have easily just turned everybody into rock and then take all the meat back. He was pretty angry. I mean, when you're angry, do you usually think of things very clearly? If there's some food, I might be like, oh, food, yay. That's fair. You you are a very food-oriented person. Yes. And you are known to get hangry. I am known to get hangry. Okay, so that's fair. I could see why maybe maybe saving the food would be a good idea. Okay, that, that's yeah. fine. I, I get you on that one. Yeah. Because you can get hangry and be like, I'm going rage. The phenomenon of giant birds isn't just native to Illinois, however. There are stories of so-called thunderbirds among other Great Plains tribes, as well as tales all over the world. In the Middle East, they tell of the rock, which almost appears to be a gigantic eagle. The rock is so big that it's capable of lifting off with an elephant in its claws. Well, that's not as heavy as a whale. That's not tiny. But still, it's not as big as a whale. Alright, I want to see you lift off an elephant. I don't think I can. I mean, if I had a big... If I had a big plan, I could probably do it. I think the Thunderbird might have been a little... Well... Yeah, so I'm I'm thinking the Thunderbird might have been a little stronger because it lifted up a whale. Okay, fine. It also doesn't take too much of a leap to see how the griffin, dating back to ancient Egypt, falls into this line of stories as well. Oh, I remember the griffin. Yeah, the griffin can lift up people. Yeah, it's pretty big, but it also has the claws of a lion. Wait, I thought it had the claws of the lion in the front and the... Uh, more the, 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 the claws back. of the lion in the back and the claws of an eagle and the head of an eagle up front. Uh, okay, I might be thinking of a different myth. That's possible. There's also the hippogriff, which is 
part eagle, part horse. That that shows up more in Harry Potter and some other things. You mean that, like, you mean that thing with, I'm pretty sure, you mean that gray thing? The gray thing? No, I, I know what you're thinking of, and that's not it. But okay. we'll we'll get back on topic. Yeah. In Europe, there are even a couple stories of children being abducted by large eagles. One of the stories, a little girl was picked up and taken away, and eventually they found her bones in an eagle's nest somewhere miles away. Note to self, do not go near a giant eagle. Well, it's okay, you're... You've gotten kind of big, so... I mean, I I can punch it, and I could probably punch it somewhere, but that's probably not going to do well. At the same time, you're not as big as a whale, so maybe you are in trouble, I don't know. Yeah, and it can lift up an elephant. Elephants are actually pretty heavy. Now, even today, people still report seeing giant birds. And in many cases, they have pictures. Of course, in most of these instances, they've been photoshopped. Or perspective just makes things look bigger than they are. But it's still definitely fun to think about. We know of some pretty large birds as it is. The The albatross can grow to a wingspan of 12 feet. Oh, wait, there is the blue heron, too. The blue heron is another one that gets mistaken a lot? The eagle, probably. Um, I mean, it is big. Which kind of eagle? There's a lot of eagles. Bald eagle. I don't think the bald eagle gets quite as mistaken. Now, the Andean condor, that's the largest predatory bird in the world. Wait, what? And it has a wingspan of 10 feet. Oh, jeez! So that is not a tiny bird by any stretch of the imagination. Jeez. Boom. Neither one of these birds is big enough to carry off a child, let alone an elephant. But it makes it easy to see why people might quickly get confused when they see something like this swooping around. But wait, in the first story you told me, why would there be that bird flying around there and picking up a child because you said it couldn't pick up a child well and the andean condor lives in the andes so definitely not in central illinois so still what could that bird what could that bird probably be that's a good question but people have a tendency to to exaggerate things and most people aren't very good at eyeballing sizes. So wait, you said 8 p.m., right? Yeah. Jeez, that's late, and... Uh, it's not... In the summer, well, it's, it's still s- sunny. Yeah, but still. I mean, they could have thought it was an owl, and they might have been excited. Look at you. Look at you. You've turned into one of those people blaming owls. I like owls, and I also think they're weird by their head. Because they can... I can't even do it, but they can turn their head to their back. Yeah, but come on, man. We've we've talked about the owls and how they always get blamed for cryptids. Owls, jeez. I'm telling you, they're scary. I mean, let alone there's also the barn owl that sounds like a somebody screeching. Oh, child. Dude, stop. Owls are creepy, a little. Owls are our friends. Okay, if it's like, if it's an owl with, if it's the horn owl, then I like it. Because any owl that are little 
or not that loud. I like them. All right, we've we've wandered off topic a bit, and I think this is probably going to wrap us up. So, Elias, do you have anything else? Um, if you so if you live around where that humongous board is that can pick up an elephant, please do not go around it. Cause if you tr- if you think it's just some th- a bird that you think is far is like little because it's far away, you could be possibly wa- wrong and you can get lifted up by it. Well, because it's just gonna swoop out of the sky like <laughs> you're dead, you're dead, and plus it's eating you. All right, and I think that's going to do it. I'm Elias. I'm Sean. And you've been listening to Kid Cryptid. Uh, Until next time. Hello, friends. Jonah here from Quest Company Jr., popping in to say that the show that you've just been listening to is part of the Podicon Go podcasting network a group of independent creators committed to creating, distributing, and supporting content that's family-friendly and fun for all ages. If you enjoy this show, be sure to subscribe on your preferred podcasting platform and show some love with a five-star rating and review. Every time you do, you are helping support the creation of more family-friendly content. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.